0: hey everybody welcome to the third episode of out with the old in with the review the podcast that discusses and reviews new cultural fads ranging from music to products to movies and more i'm your host chloe lovell and today we're talking about the sleepy rooster a new restaurant in chagrin falls ohio let's review A little bit of background information about the sleepy rooster it was started by craig and sarah fitzgerald they both grew up in the surrounding areas of south russell ohio which is actually where the sleepy rooster is but because it's so close to chagrin it's just part of chagrin i guess um, all this information can be found on their website uh, thesleepyrooster.com. feel free to open up this website and follow along as i talk about it it's really a neat website in my opinion Um, So on their Our Story page, it talks about how Craig went to Le Cordon Bleu Institute of Culinary Arts in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And it's been his dream to open up his own restaurant. They started making the restaurant in late 2019, but, you know, COVID happened, so they had to wait to open. But then they finally got it open January 19th of this year, and it looks like by their Facebook page, they've been doing pretty well. They've even been listed as one of the 33 vital Cleveland breakfast spots worth getting out of bed for by the Cleveland Scene magazine. So that's pretty cool. They're actually pretty popular in the area as well. I took a trip to and Falls with my friend this past weekend, and we got multiple recommendations to eat there. People said that they've heard really great things, they've been there, they really loved it. And I love food, particularly breakfast foods. And... I figured you know why not (laughs) I'm down for food and then I found out that it was like super super new and I was like hey I can use this for my podcast so that was an additional incentive to going so I haven't reviewed a restaurant before but it was so much fun like playing like the restaurant food critic that you see in like Gordon Ramsay shows like the um oh shoot what's it called Kitchen Nightmares oh my god I love that show it's a good show But, I don't know, I thought it was a lot of fun. I tried not to be obvious about it, because my friend and I were sitting right at the food bar where the order-up table is. Order-up table? Like in in movies when, like, the chef puts an order-up, and they're like, order-up, and they, like, ding the bell. Like that serving area, there was, like, a serving area where they put the food, and my friend and I were sitting right in front of it. And that's the area where the waitresses congregate when they're not doing anything. So, like, they're always coming back and forth. And I didn't want to be openly criticizing the food and... Or recording myself in the restaurant, like, talking about this food. And then them, like, hearing me give a crap review and then spitting in my drink or something. I don't know. Anyways, on to the uh, rating components that I decided to look at. So... The categories that I think every good restaurant should exceed at are having a good environment in the restaurant, which includes components like how sanitary the restaurant is, what the visuals and, like, the ambiance of the restaurant are, and audio aesthetics, the service of the waitresses, and now in these times, how they're handling COVID regulations and making sure people abide by those, and, you know, most importantly, the food of the uh, establishment. So with this I'm kind of just looking at um, the quality of the food, quantity of the food, varieties of food available, and the overall cost. So I'm actually gonna be describing the plates of food that I tried. I had the the Craig's Benedict, uh, the traditional breakfast, and the biscuits and gravy meals. Plates? Plates. So I'll be discussing those a little bit later. But first, I'm going to start with the overall environment of the restaurant, because I think, well, it's pretty much the first aspect of a restaurant that you notice. Like when you first go in, you get a lot of cues about what the restaurant is like from the second you open the door or sometimes even when you pull into the parking lot. Like for me, it was pulling into the lot because the parking lot was packed. There were people walking in and out of the restaurant, and I was honestly worried we weren't going to get a seat or we'd have to wait. Which is really the worst thing for me because I'm probably the most impatient person I know, especially when it comes to food. But when I opened the door, almost every single table was full except for like one where the family had just walked down and the table just needed to be cleaned off. But other than like how packed it was, my first impression of the restaurant was modern farmhouse because of the interior design. A lot of objects were white, like the backs of the chairs were white, um, parts of the booze were white. But then the parts that weren't white have a wood finish. You could see the wood grains that stood out as, like, farmhouse. And, like, if you looked up Modern Farmhouse on Pinterest, you would essentially get the same vibe from this restaurant. A second thing that kind of screams Modern Farmhouse to me is the two back walls of the restaurant. If you look up the Sleepy Rooster Chagrin Falls, Ohio on Google, it's one of the first pictures that pops up. You're looking from the door into the dining room, and you see about, like, five tables set up. And then past that, you see the bar. And then where the bar is, it's about at the corner of the wall where, like, these two pattern walls are. And these two walls, like, the one is, like, a brick wall, and the other one has, like, a hexagon pattern on it. And to me, that, like, is the definition of modern farmhouse because you have the modern geometric pattern on the one side and then you have like the old school brick pattern on the other. So I think the owners did fairly well in utilizing natural light in the building. There's windows all along the top of the wall facing the parking lot, like plenty of light is let in. There's also a lot of lights in the ceiling for both, you know, functionality, making sure you can see your food, but then for the aesthetics, like they have like the hanging lights that go like with the decor or whatever. So I think the overall lighting was really nice because sometimes natural light and ceiling lights can really clash and screw with the whole aesthetics of a place. Like one of my favorite coffee shops from back home, they have these huge floor-to-ceiling windows, so all this light is coming in, but then they have warm lights in the ceiling, so then you have this natural like bright light clashing with warm orange-toned light, and it just really screws with the place. The Sleepy Rooster did not do that, and I think it really brought the whole place together. So another aspect of environment that I think is really important is clearing plates from the dining room. The Sleepy Rooster did this really well because I didn't really notice it at all. But I've worked in a lot of restaurants growing up. From the time I was like 12, I was, it was before then, it was way before then, um, I've been working in out of restaurants because my mom works in a lot of different restaurants. So the restaurants that I've worked in usually leave plates out in these bins in the dining room and then there are these busters or dishwashers who will come out, check to see if the bins are full and if the bins are full they'll carry them back to the kitchen to be washed. In my opinion these bins are an eyesore and they suck. I think it completely screws with the theme of the restaurant like it's it's an it's an eyesore it they're they're terrible in my opinion but the Sleepy Rooster did not do that. They would take the plates straight back to the kitchen. There weren't any bins out in the dining room to collect the plates. That was very aesthetically pleasing. Another addition, even after like the plates were taken, it wasn't really seen where they'd go. So like, I'm sure they have a dishwashing station with a Hobart washing machine as, (laughs) washing (laughs) English, with a Hobart washing machine like most restaurants. But I, like, I couldn't even tell if they had one or not. And this plays into audio. But, like, a Hobart machine is loud as shit. Like, if a restaurant has it, you will know. Because it's so loud. Like, sitting in the dining room, you can hear, like, the dishwasher running. But I couldn't hear that in the Sleepy Rooster. Which I thought was kind of weird. And makes me question if they even have, like, a commercial dishwashing machine. I don't know, I thought that was... Kind of nice that like I couldn't hear it and that like I couldn't see that area. Maybe that sounds shitty, but like if I'm sitting in a dining room eating food, I don't want to see, you know, where they're washing dishes and clearing food off of used plates. Like watching that while I'm eating does not sound pleasing to me. So another aspect with the audio that I really liked is that they played music like lightly in the background, as customers eat. And it's like this chill, like alternative indie music that has like a steady beat. So, like REM or Chasing Cars. And it was just like really nice. Like, some restaurants don't play music. And I think it can be like a real buzzkill because then I'm like listening to all-, all these other people's conversations. And then like, I'm more focused on their conversations than I am like my food. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. So, it was pretty loud in the restaurant. I mean, it's a small place. When a lot of people come in, like, one room, it gets loud. That's common sense. But then when you put together, like, the sounds of the cooks putting orders up and shutting ovens and frying food and banging pots and pans, like, it might be a little bit hard to hear, like, the music or sometimes the people you come with. Maybe that's why I couldn't hear a dishwasher. Who knows? I was initially going to record this podcast episode in the restaurant as I ate. That way, y'all could hear, like, a step-by-step of what was happening. But I did, like, a test recording, and the background noise was so high. Like, you could hear people from, like, everywhere. So, you wouldn't have been able to hear me very well. So, you know, now you get this full in-depth analysis of the restaurant after I've had time to consider, pull some notes together, and really think... You're welcome. <clears throat> so the third aspect of the environmental ambiance of the restaurant, sanitation. I thought the place looked pretty good. Like, considering there was a lot of white, I thought white would get dirty, like, hella quick. Cause I mean, they've only been open for like two months, so I guess it hasn't been a lot of time. But cobwebs form really fast, dust forms really fast. Like, I was looking in the corners in the ceiling for cobwebs i was looking on the counter behind the bar for dust but it seemed really well cleaned another sanitation thing the waitresses all had their hair up except for one girl who like probably couldn't because her hair was so short so like they all had their hair up which for me is like a huge sanitation thing so that way like none of their hair is like falling in the food and both the chefs i mean they're guys they're wearing hats but like same concept like i don't want to be finding like a hair in my food you know I just thought it was a really important sanitary step that they took and then again you know plates weren't left in the dining room waitresses would like pick up plates whenever people were done with them but then when the people left like the plates were cleaned up almost immediately and taken like straight back to what I assume is the dishwashing portion of the kitchen um so those germs aren't left in the dining room where other people are eating so on to the service that was provided at the Sleepy Rooster. I thought the service was pretty good, actually. My waitress was pretty nice. Like I said, I was sitting at the bar so I could see like when the orders would come up and she was very attentive. She brought our food almost immediately after it came up. Also, it took maybe like 10 minutes for our food to come up after we had ordered, which was really quick. And she was also attentive when I needed her to be attentive, but she let me eat in peace without being up my ass like some waitresses are. <laughs> like, you know, like when you're just like trying to eat and then after every two bites they come in and they're just like, how's everything tasting? Like, can I get you anything else? And just like, no, just leave me alone. <laughs> Anyways, she did give me a funny look though when I ordered three plates of food. I mean, it's not the first time I've gotten a look like that, I'm a small girl, and I look like I can't eat three plates of food, so I guess it's warranted. But, like, yeah, I shouldn't really be upset. Like, I'm a tiny person. I I probably shouldn't be eating three plates of food, but I do. I don't know. I'm, like, shrugging, and then I realize that, like, all you guys are getting is the audio. You can't see me shrug my shoulders. Anyways, moving on to the COVID measures taken in the restaurant. So, starting with the um, menu, they're one of the restaurants where you have to use the QR code to get to the menu. So, like, there weren't physical copies, like, cycling through the restaurant. So, that's good that they're not spreading germs that way. The waitresses and the cooks were wearing masks and actually wearing them properly like, they didn't have, like, nobody had, like, the chin mask. Like, you know, you see those signs, like, in stores or whatever. And they're just, like, the proper way to, like, wear a mask. And then, like, it has, like, the do's and don'ts. And the don'ts, it's, like, like, giving these, like, ways of wearing a mask a funny name. Like, the chin mask, the nose peeper, where, like, the nose is sticking out. Like, they're all wearing their mask properly is what I'm trying to say here. I can't, I don't know how to judge whether they did, like, the social distancing thing well. There were only 13 tables in the place, mainly four tops, super spread apart. And then they had, like, six seats available at the bar. And, like, every two seats was, like, separated by another two seats to allow for social distancing. So I guess they did alright there. For a small place that was pretty busy, it wasn't so packed that you couldn't walk through... The tables without rubbing up on somebody. Anyways, I guess there's a good use of social distancing, um, good use of online menus, proper mask use, so I would think that the place is pretty COVID friendly. So the most important feature of a restaurant, the food. So as I said before, I had the Craig's Benedict, the traditional breakfast, and then the biscuits and gravy. So starting with Craig's Benedict, Funny pun, because it's normally, like, Eggs Benedict, but the guy who made the restaurant is Craig, so they called it Craig's Benedict. (laughs) That's a knee slapper. Anyways, so this stack, I guess, I can't really call it a sandwich, because it has, like, all these layers. There's a biscuit on the bottom, a layer of avocado, sausage patties. You could also get it with, like, bacon or smoked salmon. And then you have, like, the poached egg and the hollandaise sauce on top. And then there was also, like, spinach kind of thrown in the stack and then all around the plate. Each, like, meal or order of those comes with, like, two of those stacks. So, like, it's a pretty big meal, like, pretty big portion. And I thought everything was cooked really well. I thought it was a great combination. I never would have thought of that, I guess. Like, that mix, like, a biscuit, avocado, throw some meat on there. Like, I never would have thought to put smoked salmon on there, you know? and then an egg and the sauce. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know actually how normal egg Benedicts eggs Benedict are. Maybe they normally come like that. I don't know. But anyways, it was a really good combination. I thought the layers really complemented each other and gave the stack a really good flavor. It's definitely a messy plate with poached egg and the Hollandaise sauce. So trying to get like Every layer plus the egg when it runs and the hollandaise sauce is kind of tough. But overall, it's, it's really worth it. The plate cost $13. And I'm, I'm a cheap bitch, so like paying $13 for a plate was a struggle. But I think it's it's doable. I think it was worth the food. And then I also want to point out that this plate looks like something that a judge would be served on a cooking show like the aesthetics were on point there like it was glorious so the second plate that i got was the traditional plate or the traditional breakfast i guess i don't know it comes with two eggs cooked however you want i always get mine scrambled your choice of sausage or bacon i wanted sausage and then it comes with like two of those i guess i got two sausage patties there's also like these home fry potatoes on the menu. They call them crispy twice cooked potatoes And I don't know that just sounds weird to me. So I just call them foam fries and then you get two pieces of toast So it's a really big meal so Starting with the eggs. I thought they're actually pretty good. They were Fluffy and soft. They weren't overcooked like some places make them and I don't know, I might be weird, I put salt and pepper or ketchup on my eggs whenever I make them, just to add a little bit of extra flavor. But I tried the eggs without any of this stuff first, and they were pretty good on their own. The potatoes were pretty good too, but they used a lot of coarse salt on part of them. So like, if I got a bite that had way too much salt on it, I would just pick up a bite of eggs just to compensate I thought the sausage patties were actually pretty thin. And then it made the outer edges not quite burnt, but crispy. So I wasn't a huge fan of that. But the inner part was pretty juicy and full of flavor. And then the toast that came with the meal. Those pieces were thick as hell. And we're talking like an inch thick. Like dead ass no cap. For sure the thickest piece of toast I've ever had. It made the bread part of the toast not as crunchy as I would have liked but like the crust was pretty on point point. It almost had the consistency of like Texas toast garlic bread if anybody knows what I'm talking about there anyways not as crunchy as I wanted but still edible this plate cost $10 which I think was pretty reasonable it's full of food like the eggs the toast the potatoes and then the sausage patties like each section took up a fourth of the plate They were equally balanced, good portion, plate was full. It was good. So for the last plate that I tried, it was the biscuits and gravy. There were the two biscuits, and these are just like square biscuits, I don't know. They were covered in gravy. You could get mushroom gravy, but I wanted sausage, so I got sausage gravy. I do kind of want to try the mushroom gravy, because I've never had that before, and it sounds interesting. But this plate comes with the home fries or the twice cooked potatoes. Um, I thought portion size was actually pretty good. Like the biscuits and gravy took up half the plate and then the other half was completely covered in the potatoes. Looking more like at the gravy, I thought it was pretty creamy. It wasn't like watery or thin, um, which I really liked, but because it's creamy, this makes the meal a lot more filling and then it keeps the biscuits from absorbing too much of the gravy. Um, Because when that happens, the biscuits just get soggy, and then it's just gross. I do think that the, the gravy was a bit salty, but not too much where I couldn't eat it. It also wasn't super spicy. Sometimes, some places will really, like, throw in the sausage and, like, the pepper flakes. And I am not a spice person. Can't handle spice. So, like, this was a really good gravy for me (laughs) I didn't mind that the gravy came on the biscuits but I know some people might not like that so it might be more beneficial for the restaurant to put like the gravy on the side in a bowl but I don't know if it's worth the effort for the restaurant I don't know up to them this plate costs $10 which I think is reasonable I mean the whole plate is filled with food and it's pretty fresh So, just to recap, all of their plates are fairly big meals, big portions, fairly filling. I actually took a little bit home with me in a takeout box, which, fun fact, their takeout boxes, they're made of paper. They weren't styrofoam or like plastic, they were paper. Like, way to save the earth. Like, yes. Anyways, I thought the food combinations were really good as well. They're not perfect. But they're definitely flavorful. And it's good quality food for affordable prices. That's something that I really noticed within the first, like, few bites. I was like, wow, this is cheap. And it doesn't taste like garbage. I do wish that I would have tried a few different plates from different sections on the menu. On their menu, they have, like, a breakfast section. Um, This thing called toast, which I don't actually know what that means because it's not just toast. It's like actual meals, but then there's also uh, a lunch section and a rooster f- favorite section and then some sides. So if I go back, I would definitely try the Hanky Panky in the toast section. It has uh, chorizo, goat cheese from the McKenzie Creamery in town, and fig preserves. And that comes with a simple salad. So I don't know, maybe the toasts are actually like... Post and then this is just what comes on it. I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and see if I could choose something from the lunch to look at. I would try the grilled PB&J, because I've never had one. I've always wanted to try one, and that's only like $8, so like, why not? And then I feel like I, I should have tried the rooster favorites, um, but it was also like 10 in the morning, and I was like, you know, I really just want some breakfast food, so I got breakfast food. But the rooster favorites are... Country Fried Steak, which is country fried ribeye with gravy and crispy potatoes. And then they have the fried chicken on a biscuit, oh that's a funny concept. And then you can choose either like sweet, ranch, spicy, or gravy flavors. Which sounds kind of gross, but I guess that's also something that I need to try. So just some last minute thoughts, or just random thoughts that I have about this restaurant. I think it's really cool how they get their ingredients for their food. They make a point to use ingredients from the area in their food. So they don't just use the ingredients, but they advertise the ingredients on their website. Like, they get their honey from the local apiary, which is David's apiary. Um, they get their eggs from the Harvest Bell Farm. And then different produce from Sierra and Sons. And then they provide the links to those websites on their website. So, like, you can go and, like, see what that website is about. So, like, I think that's a super interesting feature. Like, I haven't really seen that on another restaurant's website. It's possible that I have, and I just haven't noticed it because I'm looking more in-depth into this one. But I thought that was pretty cool. I will say, though, I am curious how the Sleepy Rooster is going to do with the money and profit aspect of running a restaurant. They've only been running for about two months now, and it seems that they're going strong. You know, the... Hype is still there for the restaurant. They're always busy. I'm nervous though that they're putting out too much than they're taking in. So like, they're spending money on local products and local products tend to be more expensive than ingredients from like chain places. They're serving these really great sized portions of food for pretty cheap prices. And they're hiring a a lot of help like, there's, there's 13 tables and 6 bar seats available currently. When I walked in there, there were 7 waitresses. When I was a waitress at a restaurant about this size, I was waiting on more than 13 tables by myself. There was me, one cook, and one bartender. And we would, like, we would run the place on our own. The bartender would just keep the bar, and I had, like, 14 or 15 tables. And they weren't just four tops. So I really think that they could have less waitresses working right now and that would save them money, but I don't know. I mean, if it's working out for them, good for them. I hope they last a while and don't go out of business or they don't have to raise prices, but you know, only time's gonna tell. So considering the various components of the Sleepy Rooster and like the visual and audio ambiance and overall environment, the COVID-19 measures taken to make the restaurant safe um, the attentive service, and quality food, I would give the Sleepy Rooster a 7.6 out of 10. I'm really hoping more restaurants start opening up with the end of COVID, because this was so much fun to review. Like, I would totally love to do this again. Plus, you know, the food is pretty good. <laughs> so thanks for listening to this episode of Out with the Old and with the review over the Sleepy Rooster restaurant in Chagrin Falls. If you have a suggestion on what I should review next, drop a comment, record a message, or send an email my way at inwiththereview at gmail.com. So I'm Chloe Lovell. We'll see you next time.